When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. for a really great future. We're talking real money. Bonjour, Thomas. Welcome to beautiful France, where we sit by the Seine with a nice glass of wine. Wine. And, oh, oh, well, it is so lovely to see you here. You know, you are how old? You're 64? 64? Do you know that if you lived in France, you could already be retired? Yes. Yeah, I could be. I, I could that was a terrible be, French accent, wasn't it? it was that terrible. was just terrible. Yeah, that was, was so bad. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to figure out where it's between something. but um, I don't know, but it was really awful. I got, I got it right with the bonjour, you got and, then that I, with, and then it fell apart very quickly thereafter. It didn't work very well. Yeah, Did French. Uh, I could French. do Russian. Can I do Russian? Do whatever you like. It's your show. Okay, so but I'm it doesn't work with the retirement thing. So along. Yeah, if you were if you were lived in France, you yeah. would have been retired two years ago. Indeed. Almost with three. A lot of pension money and uh less worry. Yeah, I mean France is uh, getting ready to tear itself apart over retirement. I mean it's yeah. it's kind of staggering. The country that gave you liberty, democracy, and French cuisine is now gonna battle over whether or not you should be able to retire at sixty two, which is the current system. Or make you go wait till sixty four, and uh, President uh, Emmanuel Macron is the one who's leading the charge. Now they tried some of this before, and it didn't go over very well. There were strikes, there was cars burned. It was just a mess. But um, and fourteen percent. This is staggering. Fourteen percent of the nation's GDP goes to pensions every year 14 i mean that's twice what it is here in the united states and behind only italy and greece i mean it's a it's a mess they gotta fix it but this always brings to mind this topic about retirement and what i'm due when because Mm -hmm. for those of you playing at home know that the primary retirement system even though it wasn't designed to be that is a thing called social security which that is, is it. That's in America. Just want to clarify. Pardon me. Thank America, you. You're right. Yeah. We're now moving back to our continent away from that continent. I mean, so the thing is, Social Security has become this catch all. It still makes up like two thirds of, of most people's retirement income. This is not how it was designed 90 years ago. It's a lot. And again, for those of you paying attention, you know, and it's not running out of money. But it will not, unless a change is made, be able to meet it, the benefits that will be paid out. I think it's in about 10 or 11 years. Something's got to be fixed, right? Right. They've right. got to make a change. But it always brings to mind, what is reasonable here? I mean, what? when should you be able to retire? And I know Don and I do a, a radio show. We do a podcast. I talk to people. It's wait, not, this wait, is, I'm not lifting doing, anything heavy. Me, aren't aren't we doing hard. a podcast right now? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. This oh, is okay, nothing. Good. I thought maybe I we weren't. I, I got young people to carry the heavy stuff like mutual funds and ETFs and all that. I don't have to carry that stuff around. We got the easy part physically. Well, here's the thing. And I, this is what I don't get uh, about the, comp- I don't get the complaints for the French retirement pension is very, very generous. 
Very, very generous. Social Security, I believe, last I looked, is less generous. Oh, no question. Uh, quite a bit less generous. So it, it's it's the argument is not a sound one from a demographic perspective or from a financial perspective. It's just sort of like, hey, I'm 62. I don't want to work anymore. Well, one, 62 is young. Thank you. 62 <laughs> used to be incredibly old back when these pensions and social security and the like began in uh, the, the earlier parts of the 20th century. Today, we live longer. The average life expectancy in the 1930s when the U.S. social security system was put into place was, ready, 65. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. now in France, it's a little over 79 for men and 85 for women. By the way, and I, this doesn't apply to Don or myself, at least the first part. Dancers in the Paris Opera, they can get a full pension at age 42. Uh, train well, you know how hard it is on their legs. I imagine so. Train conductors, now that's a job I could have done. I had a grandfather who was in the, the train business. You can bow out at age 52, which ain't full too pension. bad. Yeah, full pension. So, I mean, the reality, you, you mentioned this important word, demographics. Yes, people are getting older. There's not as many people to replace the old people. That's mm-hmm. another, that's the truth. Not in France, not, not here in either. the United States, no. and now not even in China. Exactly. If you've read the papers lately, well, okay, read your online news feed <laughs> lately. I got to fix my, my description yeah, there. So here are the old. options for those of you listening, because I find this fascinating. Should we, A, move Social Security to age 70 here in the United States? That'll mm-hmm. fix the problem. That's not a problem. That will fix the problem. B, should we make saving mandatory in some way? In other words, don't let people make their entire retirement set on what my Social Security benefit is. C, should we use means testing for Social Security? In other words, Don McDonald, you saved too much money. Therefore, you're not going to get a full Social Security That'll never fly. Or D, should we have bonds, and this has been proposed, that are issued at the time of birth for people that are a cradle-to-grave support system for you financially? There's other ideas. What about E? I the the one that's uh, nobody talks about E. Please. E is do you make more than $140,000 a year? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you pay social security on that money above 140? It's a 138 or something this year. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I'm You're rounding. Right. That would be easy fix. Yes. Would would it make a huge difference in your life? No. If you if had I to pay an the... extra 7.5% nope. on nope. the money over nope. No, I think that's an easy fix. But that's still, the easiest fix. I still think you're going to have to eventually push that retirement age way past 62. Well, we did that several years ago when we made FRA. It's uh, basically, it's 67 scale. here pretty soon. Pretty soon it's going to be, yeah. if you're getting ready to retire, your I mean, full I'm retirement 66 age. and change. Yep, yep. And 67 is going to, it won't be 65 anymore for no. anybody. It's, it isn't for anybody. Well, as right I say, now. within, I think it's a couple of years, anybody retiring, well, the full retirement age, you get your full benefit so, at age 67. I, you know, I'm not in Congress and I don't even play one on the radio, a uh, congressperson. Uh, but why in the world aren't they th- proposing something almost painless, which is cranking it up by six month increments? Every year until it gets to 70. Uh, because that you're going to run into all kinds of people say that's totally unfair. 
Certain people don't live that long, et cetera, et cetera. And I was promised this from the beginning. Well, I think you go uh, back to people young don't people. live to 62. Exactly. I think you go back to people under the age of like 30 and say, this is the way it's going to be working forward. Not going to affect anybody after age 30 or after 40, something like that. That's what an you easy do is you go make. to all people under 30 and you say, tough, you're not going to get social security. Take exactly. care of your parents. Exactly. It's your duty to take care of them. And since you won't do it on your own, we're going to make you. Indeed. So there's, but the reason I was I re- being facetious, oh, pardon me. I thought you're, sir- I, well, you're the heedless contrarian. I just go along with it. Uh, there, there's going to have to be a change. And here's the other part that's going, that we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. Retirement's going to be more up to you in the future than it's been probably up till now. In other words, fewer pensions, later social security, et cetera. You're going to have to be the saver. You're going to have to be the investor. You're going to have to take care of yourself more Back in the to future. to a point I made yesterday, which is all of the things you do with money, whether it's paying off your credit card debt or getting a better job or putting money in your 401k or saving or opening an IRA or whatever it might be, all of your extra financial energy should be put toward the ultimate goal of being a little bit more or a lot more self-sufficient in retirement. Sure, Social Security will probably be there for many more years, hopefully generations, but why not take the, the, the more proactive stance and make sure you're okay on your own? And and work with your kids and grandkids on that too. Or here's an alternative. Get the leotard on and move to Paris because you're out at age 42. That's not a bad idea either, by the way. <sighs> too late. Oh, sorry. Darn. Your legs don't look like they could take it. Oh, hey, I've got nice legs. It. Okay, just, sorry about that. It's just other parts of me. Everything, that... everything else. Uh, so this is to be continued. This is a great debate, and I will be fascinated to watch what happens in France because this is coming in the next few weeks when they make the formal proposal, and then I guess they'll start burning down the Eiffel Tower or something. Yeah, you just want to sit by the Seine with a nice glass of wind wine. Watch the fires flicker in the background. (laughs) Do your Nero bit. (laughs) There goes goes Paris, man. Questions? Yes, I've got questions. Are Uh, we done with that topic? I think that's over. No, we're going to get our haters on that one, so we'll let it go for now. Only my Uh, bad for Jackson. That's all. (laughs) Sorry. Greg writes us and says... Hey, thanks for all the advice. I've learned a lot from you guys. As I continue to develop my financial plan, I'm looking for alternative sources of income in addition to my regular job as an engineer. One area that interests me is finance. What are your thoughts about financial advising and how you would recommend getting started? We get this a lot and we get it a lot from engineers. We hear from a lot of engineers because they're very data-driven uh, and research driven, but here's the problem. Most of what financial advisors do has nothing to do with numbers. You're, we, 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 we have a lot of good friends out there who are engineering types and we know that they're not really good at being advisors because advising is more of an interpersonal calling. It's more about relationship building. And um, and by the way, if you want to go into any other business except the fiduciary business financially, it's also about being a great salesperson. 
Yeah, you got to be able to convince people to do something, to sign, to do whatever it is. That's good advice. And by the way, the engineers love us because of the way we invest. It is data-driven. It's not about here's what we right. think could happen, et cetera. So that's been very popular. But but to your question, if truly you wanted to get in the business, and I think there's a lot of ways to go here. Number one, I would I would interview the people that I respect and ask them. That would be one, right? We've done, I talked to a lot of people, Paul mm-hmm. Merriman talks to people. Mm-hmm. Number two, I think the low bar to entry is to go get your Series 65. <sighs> I'm going to come back to my same point, though, Tom. Yes, please do. I don't want to deflate anyone's sales, but the reality is almost no one is hiring people to do analysis. No, I, no I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you there. But I, what they are hiring people for is to write plans, for example, with the software. There are people that remotely write financial but, plans. Yeah, they could yeah. do that. You're right. The advisor needs to be empathetic person that knows about finance, not the other way around. I'm with you there. Yeah. And, and that's because the, the, the people who are hired to do the plans, um, are more commoditized in my opinion, then it's much, much harder to find somebody who is a, a, basically a financial shrink because that's what most advisors really should be is a financial shrink. Um, so I don't want to get anyone too excited about the job prospects because I don't think they're all that good unless you have a specific degree in financial analysis and and the like. I will, as you said very kindly on a show recently, argue slightly with my colleague, Don McDonald. Here's why. Yeah, here's why. So many old people like us are getting out. We're done. We're finished. And so there is a lack of talent and firms will accept yeah, okay, I'll figure out how to squeeze you in here, how to make that work. That's the reality of today's hiring situation in advisory firms, the right firms. Yeah, I was going to say, though, think about some of our friends, people we know. I'm not going to name names, but people we know who have said they want to be in the business. They've gotten the opportunity, and they really, they, they're not finding a lot of openings in plan writing. Yeah, no, there's some. You're right. There's It's not huge, but there's some. You're right. The advisor is the real opportunity, but... You've got to be the right, you have to have the right emotional makeup. But I would start with talking to people and they're out there. They'll talk to you about the jobs and see how it fits in. And I think if you're a young person, this is a great business to get into. Truly do. And again, I want again? to, I want to qualify this oh, though, okay. because 990,000 out of a million jobs in this industry are the wrong jobs. They're sales commission yeah. jobs. And they do, people do call me later and say, I went and talked to XYZ firm and they said, sure, we'll put you at a desk. Go ahead and start calling your friends and family. Right. Yeah. Sell something. But you don't sure. want to. That doesn't sound We're fun not going to give you a salary or anything. Now, no. the big firms will give you a salary, in air quotes. It'll be like a draw against yeah. future commissions. Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, this is. I just, this is just the reality of this business. I know when I entered this business in 1983, it was the same as it is now. We were, we were put on the phone. Now it's, there, there are other ways of, of, uh, prospecting, but we were put on the phone and told sink or swim. Find out if you can sell out of my training class of 16 individuals, men and women by the end of the first year, 
15 had washed out completely. Yeah. And that's not unusual. I mean, that happens. Even people they put through their training program that they take to New York and teach you how to sell. That's what I was in. I was in this big training program and they taught us all the things and 15 out of the 16 washed out. And the 16th eventually saw the error of his ways and went into radio for $500 a month. And that's now making 650 a month. Congratulations on right. that, by the well, way. It's radio. How's that going? You got the shed out in the back. It's comfortable. Expectations should be low if exactly. you want to go into radio. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back wanna, to your question, I, Greg. No, I think that's fair to be careful. I do think in as a general rule in the in this field, even with the, the smaller number of fiduciary only firms, it's going to be a lot of opportunity in the next 20 years because a lot of people are retiring. That's my take. We're old. In other words, hey, if you want to talk with one of these advisor counselor people that we have at our firm, Appella Wealth, and spend some time with them, not get sold anything. This is not one of those free consultation. Yeah, come to our office for a free consultation. By the end of the day, we'll have you in two annuities and some actively managed mutual funds. No problem. Exactly. Yeah. You know, paying 6% commissions across the board, ladies and gentlemen. Love nice. it. Real money. No, what you're going to get is you're going to get help. We promise. No obligation, no cost. Now, here's the other thing. If you want us to meet with you more than once, or sometimes Tom is really nice and does it twice or three or five times. Uh, if you want it, then you need to become a client and actually pay us for the service. But will we give it to you for free? Yeah, we give it away. I know, I know what you, I know what your mother told you. He'll never buy the cow if you give the milk away for free. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. It wasn't me. It wasn't, no, uh, girls, 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 girls. I was girls. waiting for that. Yeah, Yeah, sure. no, not, okay. not boys. <laughs> boys just milk the cows. Mm-hmm. I, oh, God, you got to be careful I'm talking dairy. One. I'm okay, talking I, dairy. Wow. Okay. Well, it's a podcast. I guess it's you can get podcast. away with it. It's a podcast. You can say it. Yeah. So, parents, if you're driving around with your children, just remember, cheesecake. Uh, if you want the help, go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on the uh, Meet an Advisor button. Just easy. This has been a moving experience, but I got to move on now, if that's okay. <sighs> Do you have copies of the Dad Joke book at both places? I don't. I forgot to bring it here to the studio. Please. So oh, I yes. Will. Please forget it. Please forget it. Uh, uh, they admit, by the way, in the book that the authors admit, these are some pretty bad jokes. No, 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 not pretty bad. They're horrible. Okay. Well, they're yeah. horrible. So yeah. And if anybody at the, uh, the Appella wealth office in Bellevue is listening, it's in Tom's office, burn it, take it out back and burn it. See ya. Then, then you'll hear my bad joke. So you don't want right. that either, by the way. So. All right, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our little podcasting experience. <laughs> That's what we call it. We're going to go with that and, uh, hope all, uh, all is well in your life. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, and remember we're doing it. So you don't have to talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program 
program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. And to keep the lawyers happy.